0: Hi, welcome to Tradition. 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 I'm your host, Tom Hirsch, and welcome to Episode 4 of Traditions. Today, we'll talk about something growing in popularity, but suffering from fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Premarital counseling. Too many folks approach this subject with the attitude, it's fine for others, but I don't need it. I know what marriage is all about. I watched my parents do it for years. If someday we need help, we'll talk to a counselor then. Besides, it's expensive, and we have neither the time nor the money for it. Ironically, my pastor's bulletin message this Sunday opened with these words. Sometimes, when I speak with people preparing for marriage, I feel like a life insurance salesman. I tell them that you really need to have life insurance just in case something horrible happens. You wouldn't want your wife or husband and children put out of your home and relying on charity because you didn't provide for the worst-case scenario. Most of the time, the young couple will agree with this, but sometimes I have the feeling that they're just yesing me to death or agreeing with anything, just to keep the priest happy. Once a future bride told me in no uncertain terms that she did not want to consider this. They were too young to be concerned. There would be plenty of time later to worry about a medical disaster. In retrospect, they were probably too emotionally young to be married. Father Joe's been around the block a few times. Several studies reveal that premarital counseling is an effective tool as you enter married life. Researchers have discovered that it's a helpful way to improve communication and conflict management skills while increasing overall relationship quality and satisfaction. The studies tell us couples who underwent counseling before their wedding had a 30% higher marital success rate than those who did not. 44% of couples who get married today agree to premarital counseling. The median amount of time couples spend in premarital counseling is about 8 hours. Such counseling is something you may want to consider as part of your plan to build the strong marriage and life together that you're so excited about. Think of it like this. You've just settled on your dream honeymoon location. You can see your toes in the sand of a five-star resort, but you're not going to end up there without planning and preparation to make sure everything goes right. Instead, you'll either take the time to painstakingly research places on your own, or you might work with a travel professional who can help you through the process and ensure you'll have the honeymoon of your dreams. Professional premarital counseling is a lot like planning that honeymoon with a travel agent. While you'd most likely still have a great and successful marriage on your own, if you work with a professional premarital counselor, then you can ensure you're fully prepared for marriage to your partner and to tackle any lingering questions or issues you may struggle with. If there was one word that appeared repeatedly during my research for this show, it was communication. You're about to enter what is perhaps the most life-changing chapter of your life. Even the most idyllic and resolute marital role models you may have observed over time struggled through a sea of stormy weather and challenges To arrive at what you perceive as routinely placid waters, in other words, heed the time-honored warning: "Still waters run deep." Quoting a passage in an article by Jen Sinrich from Wedding Wire, and I quote: "Premarital counseling can help couples create a strong, happy marriage that brings happiness, health, wealth." and well-being, not only to the two people, but to their children, their children's children, and the generations after them, says Elizabeth Sloan, licensed professional counselor at a firm called Caring Couples Happy Lives, with offices in McLean, Virginia, and Glendale, Maryland. Continuing the quote, it not only helps you get to know yourself and your partner better, it also teaches you about your similarities and differences and instructs you on how to create a roadmap for your life together." End quote. There are well-defined, time-tested benefits observed in relationships that have made the effort to hone their communication and coping skills far in advance of setting sail on a course that proves quite uncharted for many couples. Six of those benefits, but certainly not all of them, follow. First, you can get to know each other in a deeper way. Either or both of you may have hot buttons that can trigger strong emotional reactions. You're better able to cope with these if you've examined your navigational charts in advance. Know where those emotional shoals are, and have a charted course around them. Second, you can learn good communication and problem-solving skills. A common term, conflict management, comes into play here. All the books and professionals tell us one of the keys to a successful marriage is conflict management, not prevention. This is sometimes called fair fighting. More on this in a couple minutes. Number three, you can nurture your intimacy. Intimacy and emotions are deeply interwoven. Try as you will, you can't avoid bringing pre-existing concepts about emotions into your marriage. Finding your way around these lightning rods leads to a better understanding of their function and nature. Fourth, you can learn to work out your differences. Have you found your perfect match? Great! You're one in a million. Without a firm basis for understanding and communication, you'll find rough seas ahead. There are hundreds of scholarly works to read and professionals to consult, but one my wife and I found eternally helpful is a simple little book written for the average man and woman titled Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus by John Gray, Ph.D. Having read the book from cover to cover several times, I'm comfortable quoting a description of Dr. Gray's work. The book states that most common relationship problems between men and women are a result of fundamental psychological differences between the sexes, which the author exemplifies by means of its eponymous metaphor that men and women are from distinct planets, men from Mars and women from Venus, and that each sex is acclimated to its own planet's society and customs, but not to those of the other. One example is men's complaint that if they offer solutions to problems that women bring up in conversation, which is their innate propensity to do, the women are not necessarily interested in solving those problems, but mainly just want to talk about them. The book asserts each sex can be understood in terms of distinct ways they respond to stress and stressful situations and, I might add, the distinct ways they are inclined to communicate. Number five, you can adjust your expectations. Do you both have the same expectations of marriage? It's doubtful. Somewhere along the line, you're going to run into situations, call them stressors, that will cause friction. These are the shoals with the potential to tear the bottom right out of your marital ship. Better to know where they are ahead of time in order to recognize them for the aquatic landmines that they are. Number six, you can figure out how best to handle your finances. I've known couples who approach adulthood, let alone marriage, firmly ensconced in the belief that they will make lots of money to afford all of life's pleasures and treasures, so financial concerns will never darken their doorstep. This is the stuff that prenuptials are made of, that is, uh, prenuptial agreements drawn up by an attorney, which turn the marriage into a transaction. But we're not here to debate the merits of premarital financial planning. This discussion is aimed at helping to ensure such premarital contracts never come into play. Divergent attitudes about money management are often cited as one of the precursors to divorce. This is one of the hot-button issues it's best to know about before it rears its ugly head. Even two people coming from quite similar financial backgrounds can find themselves at odds over the best way to manage their financial resources. Those hailing from vastly different socioeconomic strata can often be in a situation where one party timidly acquiesces to the dictates of the other. This is not a healthy relationship. In the standard parlance of salesmanship, those are the features of professional counseling. Now, let's list five of the benefits as shared by couples who uh, have been there. Number one, learn how to fight fair. As I mentioned earlier, expecting to share the remaining decades of your life with another person without ever having any differences of opinion is simply unrealistic. So many dynamics are in play that disagreements are inevitable. Counseling helps us discover how to disagree without being disagreeable. Second, to understand different gender-based communication styles. We touched on this before with men are from Mars, women are from Venus. Our experience has been that once you understand the distinct gender-based communication styles, you're a long way ahead of most couples in the race to manage conflict. There is a saying in legal circles, that possession is nine-tenths of the law. So it is with interpersonal relationships. Empathy is nine-tenths of harmony. Third, perhaps you'll discover some personal, deep-rooted issues. Better the devil you know than the devil you don't know. It seems like this is a day for idioms, doesn't it? But the subject lends itself to expression in metaphors. All too often... The foundation for our reaction to a given set of circumstances is rooted way back in our developmental years, a time in our life for which we, perhaps, have only a shadowy recollection. In marriage, we must learn to adapt to life with another person. Before you can cope with how you react, you must understand why you react. Professional counseling is designed to draw us out to examine these triggers. Number four, counseling will force you to talk about things that make you feel uncomfortable. Often our reaction to circumstances is a result of finding ourselves way outside our comfort zone. Learning to recognize these moments and knowing how to verbalize them in a non-threatening manner puts us well on our way to success. Another idiom, practice makes perfect, suggests learning to cope with small discomforts today provides a foundation for working our way through the more challenging trials when they arise tomorrow. And finally, you'll gain a better grasp on reality versus expectations. There are some real eye-openers in every marriage. Acknowledge them and practice examining them with the love of your life. Here are some of the biggies. Faith, finances, sex, communication, children and parroting, in-laws, marriage roles, friends and neighbors, decision-making, conflict management, and leisure time activities. The list actually goes on and on and on. A worthy exercise involves quiet time with your partner to list and explore as many of these as possible. Don't be afraid to seek wise counsel when developing the list. Experienced counselors have heard it all they're prepared to guide you through what might be considered potentially turbulent water. Now that we've made a case for the wisdom of premarital counseling, let's talk about selecting a counselor and what it takes to be qualified as a counselor. If you're planning a church wedding in any of the organized denominations, you can usually count on some manner of counseling requirement, costing anywhere from nothing at all up to about $125 per session, depending upon your affiliation with the congregation. You can also look forward to very few or a whole lot of sessions, depending upon the issues coming to light that require attention. As for the marriage license, in my home state of Florida, Both parties must be prepared to give their Social Security number and must appear in the clerk's office to sign the application. The license fee is $93.50, and there's a three-day waiting period for in-state residents. No waiting period for non-residents. So in Florida, the marriage license requires three things. A picture ID, such as your driver's license, state ID, or passport. Both parties have to provide Social Security numbers and payment of the $93.50 fee. Florida will reduce this fee down to $61 if you've completed premarital counseling. Be prepared to prove it. Full details of getting a Florida marriage license can be found in the transcript of this episode on our website, HTTPS, colon, Forward slash forward slash dot your special day a couple questions that often arise before church affiliated weddings are uh, can a pastor do marriage counselor short answer yes however pastors may or may not have much formal training in psychological counseling including marriage and family counseling. Can a pastor charge for this counseling? Again, the answer is yes. They may charge a fee, and their advice can be as valuable as any. But states don't regulate that type of counseling, and as a result, there are many life coaches, career counselors, and other uncertified advice givers. All pastors offer some type of counseling but not all are credentialed professional counselors. It's not just anyone who can hang out a shingle and start meeting with engaged couples. There are typically five distinct and demanding steps to qualification that can extend over a period of about 10 years of study and preparation. The first is to obtain a bachelor's degree. In most cases, you're looking at four-year commitment. Second, earn a master's degree in marriage counseling, usually about three years. The third is to gain clinical experience as a marriage counselor under the guidance of an experienced counselor, something akin to an internship, and this will typically be another three to five years. The fourth step is actually becoming a licensed marriage counselor and going through the certification process. And like so many professions, there are continuing education requirements, and this is an ongoing commitment. Marriage counseling can take several different forms. Religious premarital counseling that we've already talked about. You can do premarital counseling courses online. One-on-one professional counseling is, in my opinion, probably the best approach. There are group courses and discussion groups, and many of the professionals will use compatibility tests or questionnaires. To get an idea of what such tests and questionnaires contain, you can go online and search for the keywords premarital questionnaire. If you want to get the most out of your counseling experience, listen to this advice gathered from a host of professional counselors. Understand that it will be challenging. Most counseling is. If it isn't, you're likely in the wrong hands. Don't try to downplay your thoughts and opinions. The whole point of the exercise is to face potential challenges head-on before they become issues. This is not a competition. Don't keep score. There can be no winner or loser. What you're doing is for the good of your partnership. You will win or lose together. And finally, counseling is strictly a private matter. Keep it that way. Don't discuss anything with anyone but your partner outside the confines of the counseling room. You're paying for professional expertise. Respect the credentials of your counselor and the privacy of your relationship. Don't dilute the effort by seeking amateur third-party opinions. To quote Dr. Seth Myers, a clinical psychologist with the Los Angeles County Department of Mental Health, the point is simple. Premarital counselling is the smartest decision that any couple can make, and you don't need to be religious to try it. No matter how cohesive a couple may be, problems and differences will inevitably arise. So premarital counselling really functions like the best insurance policy a couple could ever purchase. At the other end of the country, Dr. James Walkup of New York City, Midtown Manhattan, and Westchester counsels people from all over the country. His patients often fly in to meet specifically with him or sometimes consult with him over the phone. He's written extensively on the subject and authored an article titled, 12 Topics You Must Discuss Before Getting Married. That's also excerpted for you in the episode transcript of this show referenced earlier, along with links to all the research material gathered for today's show. That's traditions for today. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as I did bringing it all together for you. Perhaps I've sparked some thoughts and suggestions in your mind that you'd like to share. If so, please email your comments to feedback at yourspecialday2.com. Once again, that's feedback at yourspecialday2.com. And click the subscribe button to make sure all future episodes are sent your way immediately upon release. Those are traditions for today. This has been episode 4, sponsored by Your Special Day a non-denominational wedding officiant service based in Palm Harbor, Florida. For more information about Your Special Day, visit their website at www.your-special-day.net. I invite your thoughts and comments on today's show or any show from the past. Email your comments to feedback at yourspecialday2.com. You're also encouraged to subscribe to this and all future shows by clicking on the subscribe button below. I'm Tom Hirsch. Stay happy. Stay healthy. Stay wise. Today's show is brought to you by Your Special Day, a non-denominational wedding officiant service located in Palm Harbor, Florida. Your Special Day offers small intimate weddings where the ceremony is crafted especially for you, and approved by you well in advance of your day. Eloping? Destination wedding? No time to plan? Florida is renowned for its beautiful beaches and waterfront ceremonies are common all up and down the coast, but special county permits apply. We're familiar with the regulations and happy to help. Bring us your dreams. We'll help make them reality. From custom-written ceremonies to writing your own vows, we're here to make your special day truly special indeed. Visit our website at www.your-special-day.net or call 727-533-5433 today for more information about our service, pricing, and availability. Call 727-533-5433. Call now.